0: Have we heard if Baker is coming to the game? Can't think of a better guy to hype up the team. I don't know. He's supposed to come on with us. He's supposed to come on with us likely tomorrow or Friday. But I did say the only time he can come on is if Josh is here. So since Josh and Parker are flipping tomorrow, that might affect tomorrow.
1: Yeah, get Baker Mayfield on whether or not I'm here. <laughs> you
0: sure? Gosh, this is – we've got some really good stuff rolling in on the text line here over the last uh, commercial break. It's almost like you guys started realizing we're getting closer and closer to the game. It's like time to get rolling here.
1: Believe it or not, they're going to play this thing come Saturday. We're
0: going to kick this thing off. Uh, Quick little side note before we get to the top five stories of the day. If you are headed, if you are planning, if you are planning on heading to the – game tonight the Sooner Softball Battle Series uh, I would stay tuned to either Twitter or this station whatever the, your work or your life allows over the next couple of hours I get the feeling they're going to make a decision pretty quickly about tonight with the weather concerns so if it's on or if it's off I, would, I, I bet we would probably know something by the time that Steelman hits the air so uh, just giving you a bit of a heads up on that and then number two Uh, When and if they do play, I'm really excited to see Kelly Maxwell. I've heard great things so far about Kelly Maxwell. And not just from her time as an Oklahoma State cowgirl. I think she's going to have a great year. All right, so that's not in the top five stories of the day. This is. So let's get rolling. It is time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five
1: stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play.
0: Let's go, man. Best reels in the Metro, hands down. Exit 107 off I-44. Earn 20, get 20. That's every Tuesday and Thursday night from 10A to 10P. Plus, you can place your bets in the OTB at Newcastle Casino. Big story, number five. Number five. All right, three baseball games, all of them done last night before like 1030. What are we doing? This is terrible. It was wild, man. Wild. Uh, let's see. I've got highlights from each of them. We'll see how long before y'all get bored on me. Texas rolled over. Um, well, Texas won yesterday, they the rolled Rangers. over Tampa. The, the texas rangers beat the tampa race i don't know why bad, I bad put, week to say texas that's right he faces Corey seager here
2: first pitch is hit into center field siri coming on it falls in front of him it goes off of his glove high into the air carter around third is in to score the throw to third sails into the rangers dugout simeon will score as well as seager goes to third two come across for texas it's four nothing rangers
0: Rangers would go on to beat the Tampa Bay Rays by that same final score. Of, wait, hold on a second. Let me double, Let me fact check this before I tell you it was 4-0. But I believe it was 4-0. Yes, 4 zip was the final score. Those two teams play again today at 2. Meanwhile, uh, the Twins took care of business. Full
1: count to Lewis. Kepler on deck. No score. Eddie
3: leads. Stays. And the payoff pitch. A swing and a drive. Left field and deep. Back it goes. Goal! left field bleachers home run Royce Lewis why not October time for the kid
0: and a twin strike first it's two nothing at target field they win uh, three to one over the Blue Jays then in the National League the Diamondbacks came back
2: yeah they don't look nervous at all right now nobody two two high drive left center field this one is deep and this one is gone A monster home run
1: from Gabby Moreno, his first of the postseason. And the Diamondbacks jump in front.
0: It's 4-3. That's after falling behind three zip. The Diamondbacks roll 6-3 over the Milwaukee Brewers. And then last night in Philly, it was rocking. The 0-1
2: pitch. Swung on. Ripped down the left field line. That's going to be a base hit for Castellanos. Harper is off to the races around second. He's heading for third. The helmet comes flying off. They're going to wave him to the plate. The relay home is not in time. Harper scores (laughs) from first as Castellanos is in at third. And the Phillies take a 4-1 one lead phillies
1: would win by that final four to one you know it's an electric factory when you get the wow 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 it's just jaw jaw dropping stuff
0: so today two o'clock abc rangers raise 330 on espn blue jays and twins six o'clock tonight diamondbacks and brewers on the deuce and then on espn at seven marlins and phillies all right big story number four Number four. A lot of NFL notes, right? Let's start with everyone seems to be pushing back against the tush push. Mm-hmm. Here's what Michael Parsons had to say.
1: I honestly just think they have the team to do the tush push. We stop the England when they try to do the same thing to New us.
0: Um, it's all about who you have. The Eagles have the best O-line in the game. So, yes, it's a cheat code. They're unstoppable at it, and they have a, a quarterback – who's squatting 600, and he knows how to move his legs and push forward. So, yes, it's OD. Like, we have to prepare to stop it. Cowboys Niners Sunday night. I'm really starting to like Michael Parsons, man. I think he's pretty cool. He does the weekly podcast. He's doing radio hits, and he's just unstoppable.
1: And and willing to speak on something like that. You know, it's pretty neat. Cowboys Niners, that's uh, good stuff. I
0: I. I am not going to play any Josh McDaniels because I'm in such a great mood today. But Aaron Rodgers made his appearance yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. He's got a nickname for Travis Kelsey. Uh,
1: You know, Mr. Pfizer. We kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have, you know, he's like.
0: Mr. Pfizer?
1: everybody that's getting i i, I get it I, I understand it's it's political and everything oh,
0: but that's that i mean it, it's a good job political all you want that's hilarious uh and then he talked about his rehab
1: you know i'm trying to inspire people to uh to look at uh recovery in a different way <laughs> and hopefully through this process uh you know i can uh, get back you know when it's safe and, and right for me and also inspire people to uh to look at this injury as not kind of a Death sentence for a career, which at one point it really was. Yes, but to look, at it, it's just another uh, injury that's uh, that people can come back from and thrive and and come back quicker than than used to be uh, expected or thought.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, anything else from the NFL? I will say uh, again. I feel like in sports, we need to make it very clear now. And Arnie's very guilty of this. Is like, here's my picks. Guaranteed winners. I'm like, Arnie, you're not gambling on these. You need to let people know you're not spending your money on these. I am. I'm like, no, you're not. So I don't gamble. I do picks because everyone on sports radio does it. And, and it's kind of fun. And it's fun, right? I had the plank parlay that drops every single Friday morning now. I think Kansas City minus four against the Vikings is free money. I mean, I have never looked at a game and thought, oh my gosh, that is free freaking money right there. I think it's going to be a
1: tough game for KC to win.
0: Here's my thought. What's the over under 52 and a half? All right. If you think that then, then give me the over. Because Minnesota cannot play defense. That I would agree with. All right. Big story. If there's nothing else from the NFL, we're good. We're good. Moving on. All right. Big story number three. Number three. I'm glad Jim and Arlington sent us this because and, and this relates to all of y'all the more and more and more, Josh, that we get closer to um, that we get closer to like finally finding rules that are going to what's the best way to put this? make NIL and make the transfer portal a little bit, I don't want to say fairer or more policed. There's going to be little nuggets like this that drop and it's just, sometimes it won't be major news and sometimes it will. This seems like a very small little tidbit, but it's a major adjustment. The NCAA has approved changes to the transfer portal windows in all sports Did I say sports? In all sports, the transfer portal window for football will now be 30 days after the conclusion of the season and then 15 days in the spring. The transfer portal window for men's and women's basketball will be 45 days. Previously, the window for football following the conclusion of the season was 45 days, but coaches had lobbied for a shorter window. I think the window should be a week. I mean, I, that's just...
1: If you know you want to go, you know
0: you want to go. You're going to go. And it's funny because... Two weeks would be. two. Okay, there you go. I'll, I'll I'll give. Two weeks tops. I mean, you're going to change your mind 13 days in? Very rare. Very rare, I would say, unless there's a coaching change involved and there's rules on that. But I would add, Josh... When you're a graduate student and a majority of the people that get into the portal anymore appear to be grad students, you can just go whenever you want. I mean, like, oh, the, the portal's closed. Not me. I'm a graduate student. I'm in the portal, and I'm going wherever I want.
1: Right. Well, there's just no restriction for
0: you. <laughs> Not whatsoever. It's still the wild, wild west.
1: Well you've, well, you've graduated. I mean, there shouldn't be.
0: There's a handful of reasons why coaches wanted to short a shorter portal window, according to the report from On3. But the majority of them boiled down to time management. Apparently, it's difficult for coaches to juggle the transfer portal, bowl season, and the late recruiting push all at the same time. The shorter window is designed to alleviate some of that. Could potentially reduce the risk of tampering, but I don't think we're ever going to reduce the risk of tampering. Yeah, tampering. Reduce the risk of tampering, but I don't think we're ever going to reduce that until we have rules put in place to make the penalties for tampering more severe. All right, big story number two. Number two. Do you realize that tonight starts 42 straight days of football?
1: Yeah, I I do because uh, I saw the tweet yesterday from Pompliano.
0: Yeah, 42 straight days of football.
1: Taking us right up to what, Thanksgiving? Tonight, you have
0: Jacksonville State and Middle Tennessee. Then you have Florida International at New Mexico State. I think I'm going to make New Mexico State my upset special tonight. They're a six and a half. Oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, You're not taking Oklahoma. Everyone in the Ref Row Rumble has taken Oklahoma. (laughs) Everyone. And you
1: profanity laced uh, confidence. I think
0: you, me, TJ, and Toby are the only four that haven't entered yet, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Everyone else has, and it's just you know I've. I've got to overanalyze this stuff, right? But, mm, I don't know, dude. I would love to. I just don't know. I, I usually have that rule where I don't allow myself to take Oklahoma. I don't do it. Louisiana Tech might end up being my upset special tomorrow.
1: Oh, you're a perfect 5-0 and o against the spread, are they not? They
0: are! So, I might make it my lock. <laughs> and That way, if they win, I still end up getting my point. Or at least cover but, yeah, tonight you get two games, 42 straight days of football. ESPNU will have Jacksonville State at 4-1. and Their head coach is, you know, it's Rich Rodriguez, the former Michigan, former West Virginia, former Arizona
1: coach at one point. Not Michigan to me, baby, West Virginia.
0: They'll take on Middle Tennessee. That's tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPNU, then on CBS Sports Network tonight. At eight, it is Florida International and New Mexico State. Florida International is actually a six-and-a-half-point dog. I looked at that wrong. Florida International did get me one upset pick this year, so so there is that. In week one? In week one, that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, so we've spent most of today looking back at the Brent Venables press conference from yesterday. A few more highlights that I want to hit, including here. I guess I guess we can do this right before the break, and might work out pretty well. What does Coach V think about seeing a little bit more run game from one Quinn Ewers?
3: Yeah, they're again incredibly efficient. They're in the RPO world, uh, like everybody in college football, and uh, they're really good at all the spots. So it's hard for you to like all right let's let's take these guys away and let's make them count on this. You know, you have several games you well let's cut the head off the snake. Whatever they got they got all kinds of them, you know, everywhere. It's not coach speak. It're really good and talented and and there's not an area that 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 we don't have to play well. We need to play well everywhere. Uh you're not going to just luck up and win a game like this. Sometimes uh, certain places you can be much better and overcome some mistakes the, these guys will punish you uh, for the smallest uh, mistakes and uh, you know uh, you know you've got to be you know efficient and uh, we don't concede anything that's just uh, to me that's a mindset it's a philosophy uh, every once in a while um, I should I, uh, every game there'll be moments where you say well you know they executed. We're not in a call that's great for that, uh, and so you, as a as a play caller, you want to try to uh, you want to try to avoid that uh, as much as possible. You don't want to have that self talk during the game uh, that much. But uh, you know that's you know it's a uh, that's kind of the I don't know if it's a chess match, but there's our run defense, or pass defense, our uh, situational uh, defense, uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, it's got to be really good. If we're in zone, we got to be tight. We're in man, we got to be tight. You know, you can't give these guys space anywhere. You know, they'll just, you know, chew you up. It's, uh, 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 again, a great challenge.
0: There you go. There you go, Josh. should be fun. It should be fun. Oklahoma Let's hope and it's Texas. Fun. Now, I've got more for Brent Venables. I've got this this morning. On the T-Row in the morning show, perhaps you've heard on it, uh, you've heard of it right here on KREF, the home of Sooner fans. He chatted with the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns, one Craig Way. What did Craig Way have to say about the strengths and weaknesses of the Longhorns? We'll get to it next right here on The Ref. Stick- Look at this. Somebody pointed it out on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Looks like OU Softball is going to the Port of IR to challenge this year. Really fun trip. They'll play on the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th. Does that mean, Jackie, we're going to leave early Sunday morning and get back in time for the Super Bowl? Please say yes. So, on the 8th, OU plays Utah Valley at 10.30 a.m., and then we will play Duke at 1. I guess the marquee matchup of this whole event will take place on February 9th. When OU takes on Washington, It'll be the second time that OU's played Washington in the Puerto Vallarta Challenge, played them there in 2017. And then, and then, Long Beach State to put a wrap on it on the 10th. How about that? So now we're starting to get to know a little bit of the Oklahoma schedule. We know that they're going to be uh, in Puerto Vallarta to open the season. That'd be the opening weekend of the season. And we know that, what would that be, the the third week of the season, they would then be in Palm Springs. Tonight, first game of the battle series. I can't see outside here, Josh. How we, how, how we looking weather-wise? You got a vibe. It looks pretty nice right now, right? Maybe, maybe. It does look nice at the moment. I don't know if that's going to carry over, though. I don't know if that's going to carry over. But I think a decision will be made pretty quickly about whether or not they're going to play the battle series tonight. All right, to the Kinnipelmeyer-Chevrolet text line. But first, I promised a little bit of Craig Way here. The play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. The uh, play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns. Wait, did they officially announce that, Drake? That is what Drake Dyken Well, I'm not going reporting. to say anything because I was told it wasn't going to be announced until noon. So... Don't get me in trouble. If it's on Twitter.com, then I think we can believe it. But if it's, uh, hold on, let me check. I'm a, I'm a good soldier here, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break. Yeah, no, I I'll wait till they announce it. I'll wait till O.U. announces it. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna get a chance to play tonight. I, I guess I'll just make it that simple. We'll keep our fingers crossed, though.
1: Don't try to get me in trouble, Drake. All right, these. Pictures that OU Softball put out from Love's Field are pretty cool. Oh, where, where'd you see those? Social media. Huh, how L- about that? Loving the views from Love's Field. This one, who is that?
0: That looks like Kirsten Deal. Because awesome. she is left-handed, so
1: she's stepping out with that right foot. You're getting ready to throw uh, from what will be the circle. Very mm, good. All okay, right, South. Sorry. My bad.
0: South, and by the way, thanks for the invite, guys. South Texas Sooner writes um oh you must play a 2A plus football game in all three facets of the game whereas Texas can get away with a B minus and probably still win that should give us an idea of distinguishing the caliber
1: of each side I don't I don't know if I agree with that if Oklahoma plays its best and I mean look if one team plays their best the, the other team, it's not going to be perceived they played their best, right? Right. It's just the nature of it. But theoretically, in a, in a world where both could play their best, are you convinced that Texas's best is better than OU's best? I don't know that we have enough information yet. Need more information.
0: Hey, I'd feel a lot better about things if Texas turned the ball over a few times and Oklahoma didn't, that's for sure. But that's the case in any game. You know, they get a week off after this, and then UCF comes to town. And I'm already worried about that UCF freshman quarterback. Oh, I guess he's not quite a freshman. He's a sophomore. I wretched sophomore. That's running around in place of John Rice Plumley. I'm hey, I'm all a UCF. No I'm kidding. But no, I I, I think that's a great debate to be had. And I don't know if anyone could win it. We also don't know if anyone's gonna play a perfect game on Saturday, play their best. Mistakes will be made. Angry Ronnie's asked this. Uh, He says, you're a softball guy. How about Harley Chisholm out of Weatherford committing to play for Florida State softball a couple of days ago? That's awesome. Now, I don't know where – Florida State's done a nice job in coming in here and getting local talent. They got Sid Sanders out of uh, Southmore, and now they get uh, Harley Chisholm out of Weatherford. She seems like she is a very talented player, and I'm excited to see her play at the next level. But sometimes, you know, people get mad whenever a local player goes off to play somewhere else. But let me tell you something: I couldn't wait to get out of my hometown, and I, <laughs> I could not wait. I could not wait to get away. So everyone has their different reasons why they might want to go somewhere else. Sure. And I don't know how strong Oklahoma was in recruiting her or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm pumped to see her play at Florida State. Uh, Plank and Josh writes Frisco sooner. Think about this for a second. When was the last time OU played good in this game? You can make an argument that if OU just played solid, they could be on about a 10-12 to game win streak right now. Surely, Surely, surely we're due to play a great game one of these days. Okay, all right, let's do this
1: then. 11. The last time both came in undefeated would be the last time you could say that they really, really played great. Oklahoma.
0: That 2000, that was my first game as the sideline reporter for OU Texas. And I'll just, I'll never forget it. Are they all like this? Are they all like this? They are not. (laughs) They played pretty well in 12. They beat them 63-21.
1: Okay, so those those two years back-to-back. Yeah, they spanked them those seasons.
0: 13. All right. 14. 14. They uh, had to come back. That was the, um, was it? Which one was the Mark Andrews throw? Was that 2014 or was that 2016? Everything is based on the quarterback.
1: I think I think
0: I think 16. 17 was that.
1: is when Andrews had the big touchdown. Okay, okay.
0: So 17, they had to come back right in the, the Andrews touchdown. They got beat in 18. Uh, so there was the championship. Yeah, you know that's a that's a pretty good point. I thought they played well in 19, but they made some mistakes. Jalen turned it over a couple of times or at least once, and they did not play a good first half at all in 2021.
1: And I'm assuming for the purposes of this conversation, we're eliminating the Big 12 championship game. Sure, sure, sure. Because it's, you know, not at the Cotton Bowl. It's not in Dallas. But that that would be – I mean, obviously they played good that day. Yeah.
0: Uh, Boy, that's a really good question. To me, you win – you play to win the game. 2014 was a weird year. Because the Sooners got outgained and did not really play all that well offensively, and it was, it was just, it was an ugly game.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think you've talked me into 2012.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, that was the Alex Ross year. It was was 14. So, gosh, that's that's when Alex Ross and I did an interview in the concession stand. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, we literally it's like, hey, you guys go in here. And A. Ross and I were in a concession stand. Alright, fair point. I I think they've played I think they've played pretty well in this game in, in spurts. I don't know from start to finish if you've you've seen it. Two star Taylor writes, it's not true. Uh, that's true, but You do have to give Texas some credit on us not playing well. There's no doubt. Yeah, we're Oklahoma. No moral victories. Good point.
1: Well, and it's a tough game to, quote, unquote, go play good in because it's so important for both. Everybody wants this one so bad. So you win it and whatever. Just win the game, right? Who cares how good they play?
0: Uh, Here's one from the 580. I hate what ifs. If I had married an OU co-ed, I never would have met my wife. If I was married to someone that loved sports, I might, I might love sports even even more. Jeez. The OU boomer. <laughs> Is there a good chance that we'll see some trick plays Saturday, such as two quarterback trick plays with both QBs on the field at the same time? Hopefully, Levy gets creative if our run game is getting shut down. Oh, I'm sure you will. But, see, they've shown some of that this year. They've shown just enough of it to where you're like, okay, all right, we better be ready for something like that. We better be ready. Um. The 405. Look, sure, Texas is good. But how much of everyone's thoughts are just due to the love fest from the national media? Maybe they aren't as good as all that slobbering makes us think. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you this. They are really good. They're really good. I know that now it becomes, well, how good? This morning, I had someone text me this morning about their picks. I guess they're in a pick contest. She knows who she is and literally asked me what I think. And everything I told this person was immediately just discredited. I'm like, well, why did you call and ask me if just basically everything I'm telling you is you're just not going to buy? I'm like, I think Alabama's a pretty good team. and They just beat Ole Miss. you beat LSU. And they got Texas A&M. That's going to be a big one this week. I think Alabama's good. Well, I don't. So I don't think that's a very big win. Okay, okay. Then I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I tend to think this isn't this isn't immediate creation with Texas this year, right? This isn't, oh, Texas is back. This is a really good football team that you're playing Saturday. They went
1: and won at Alabama.
0: It, Josh, Alabama sucks. Don't you know anything?
1: Relative to who Alabama's been, that might be fair to might say. Be right, but, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on, it's it's a team that walloped Oklahoma last year in this game. They went and earned it by beating Alabama at Alabama. So. It is what it is. It, to a degree, it's earned for Texas. This sure, day. sure. And, and you know what? Unfortunately for Oklahoma, it's earned because of the way last season played out. And, and you get you get the respect that you go grab. And Oklahoma has its chance to go grab said respect this weekend. Um,
0: did I ever end up playing Craig Way? I didn't
1: ever. <laughs> we just start
0: getting into the text line. Okay, Craig Way on the Jatavian Sanders injury. What does he know?
2: Yeah, I you know Sark said at his presser on Monday he would have more information on it on uh, Thursday, and and hopefully JT will be able to go. I mean he's been a big factor clearly. You know I want to see him out there for no other reason to see him uh, you know, go over and greet his old buddy and teammate Billy Bowman. I mean yeah. you know they were teammates on a state championship team. Uh, I I worked the telecast of their state championship game when they were at Ryan. And, uh, you know, he, but he's been a big, a big part of it. Obviously, his presence makes, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy more of a weapon, Adonai Mitchell more of a weapon, uh, you know, even the running game more of a weapon. So he's a big factor on that. And Gunnar Helm is a, is a good, solid tight end, but he's a good, solid tight end, whereas Sanders is a, a Mackey Award candidate if he's out there and playing like he normally does. So, yeah, I, I hope he can get out there. Same thing on the defensive side with Ryan Watts, uh, the corner. He's in the same kind of boat, and he does a good job there at corner. Now, they've got some other guys who can play, including a, a true freshman uh, from Dallas and Malik Muhammad. But, they're, you know, uh, Ryan Watts is a real stabilizing factor as a cornerback there, too.
0: Yeah. Which is another guy that we think they might be without. All right, so what does – the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns think about the improvement of Quinn Ewers and the offensive and defensive line for the Longhorns. We'll get to it next on a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, uh, real quick before we hit the uh, texts and we get the Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. What, what is one Craig Way's thoughts on Quinn Ewers and what has been the key outside of the haircut as Toby Roland asked this morning on the T-Row in the morning show, by the way, you can hear this full interview right now on kref.com. Yeah. What's his thoughts on Quinn Ewers?
2: Yeah. And about 15 pounds less. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, He chiseled himself up a little bit uh, that, uh, but I seriously, I think it's, it's two things. One uh, is, his footwork is better, and he said that was something he worked really, really diligently on in the offseason Now we've seen it last couple of weeks on these two touchdown runs. He had a 29-yard touchdown run against Baylor, and I asked him in the post game. I said, uh, "Take us through that. How about that? Again, his longest run of his career at that point, 29-yard touchdown run." I said, "What, what did you see?" And he said. It was all a blur, man. I don't even, he goes, I I don't even know what I was doing. And then, and then he turns around last week and has a 30 yard touchdown run against Kansas. And I asked him again, I said, you said it was a blur. And he said, well, he said, now it's, you know, you're seeing things pretty well and the offensive line's doing a heck of a job. He's, and that goes into kind of that decision making thing where he's taken a step forward too. I think he's able to see the bet, see the field better, but, but he's also his footwork. And uh, his uh, functional mobility, you might say, as a quarterback, I think is, is is definitely significantly better this year than it was last year. So between that and decision-making, I think those are the two main things.
0: And, and, and Dan, what is his overall thoughts on the Texas lines, offensive and defensive lines, and how physical they've been this season?
2: I think the offensive line. Uh, by and large, uh, you know, stepped up even more. They were they were a strength of the team last year, and they had a couple of they've had a couple of moments where they've had some slippage in there. There's been a little bit of leakage. Uh, gave up, I guess, a, a sack or two to Rice and did so to Kansas last week. But by and large, they've been pretty solid for Quinn in the passing game and in the running game. They've been really really good, and that's helped Jonathan Brooks be effective. The defensive line, the biggest question was really on the edges. How would the edges do with what they had graduated? But Baron Sorrell has been a factor there on one side, and then on the other side, Ethan Burke, who wasn't the most highly recruited guy on the planet. I think he was like a three-star, but he was a local kid from Westlake High. He was a lacrosse player. He's 6'6", rangy guy, and he's got a couple of sacks early and has been able to get some pressure. I think the number one benefit out of all of it, Toby, is rotation. They've built depth both on the offensive line and the defensive line, and that's helped keep guys pressed to make them strong in the fourth quarter when they've made some big plays. The depth, I think, has definitely improved.
0: There you go. you agree with that from what you've seen on Texas so far, Josh, that they've – you know, it's not necessarily rock stars, but they've improved their depth. I I agree with that. Outside of the interior, they got some rock stars in
1: there. I'll confess to having probably not – watched enough to have a super super informed opinion but uh based you on what I You pretend
0: like that's not what 90% of the people in this market are currently doing right now.
1: Well, touche, but uh I mean, I I will just go off of uh, a lot Being of what what I've seen and what you, what you've said that uh yeah, it looks like they're they're a little bit better up front in, in the interior and obviously that's what what Craig is saying basically right there too. Yeah. The the hey, we've created a lot of depth. I'm a little bit optimistic that that's yeah, nobody's really emerged, though, either, outside.
0: There's always that catch-22, right? You're like, man, we've, uh, we've developed some depth. Well, does that mean you're, you've actually – you have solid guys, or does that just mean that no one's really emerged and made themselves that dude? And sometimes it can be a little bit of both, right? Exactly. Exactly. But I will add this. Um, I do think that they're really good on the defensive line. I really do. I think that as a whole, that's probably—I don't want to say the strength of their team, but to me, I think it's really good. Tell me, Craig isn't the club pro guy on YouTube? He <laughs> does kind of sound like it, doesn't he? Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get a break in here. Our final thoughts are coming up next, but there is so much good on the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line. So much good. Kelly and Beggs, if we beat Texas on Saturday, will the national perception finally shift and give OU credit for being a really good team again? Or will the media just say Texas not must not be as good as they thought? Seems like the last five years of bad defense and last year's really bad season may take longer to overcome than we expect. That's Kelly from Beggs.
1: The national narrative will shift immediately. Oklahoma will be perceived as a top ten, arguably top five type team. Mm-hmm and they're going to get immediately discussed as a college football playoff front runner and a national contender. If they go win this game, it's all going to be different.
0: Hopefully seven wins. Steve strikes back on Saturday and sabotages the horns. That's that's pretty good from 5808. Seven wins, Steve. Um, the 405, is the current Alabama team the same team they were in week two? Probably not. That's a great point. Much different world. Uh, and then the 405, Bama almost lost to South Florida. Again, they went with two different quarterbacks, and it was in torrential range, terrible conditions. I understand. Hey, guys, they've committed to a quarterback. Alabama's going to be a problem the rest of the way. They're going to be a problem the rest of the way. But on that night against Texas, did they play their best ball? No, they committed double-digit penalties and gave up big plays. Were they even better that next week when everyone's like, load up on Alabama, they're going to roll South Florida. Yeah, well, it was like in a monsoon for portions of that game. Don't I, I've had to defend – Two things that I never want to defend in my life Alabama football and the Chiefs. That's what I've been defending the last week. Patrick Mahomes has never been outpassed by someone. And threw more in inter- a say, great. First time in a buck 27. They won the game. They did win. The Chiefs won. Oklahoma State won the football game.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, by the way, go ahead. Do we have a little breaking news presented by Wagner's? Wagner's heating, air conditioning, electrical, and plumbing. We sell the best and Plank we service the rest. It, did Bob Stoops break a little news that Baker will in fact be at the game? Did
0: he in his in his uh little clip that he had I that's saw, making uh, the rounds?
1: You know, he's he's really I I've seen the praise out there for Bob, but he really is a natural, man. He he's good at the whole hosting and interviewing guys. I mean, it's it's fun to it's it's Bob Stoops, right? I mean, it's yeah. going to be good, but it's fun watching, you know, that kind of evolve for Bob Stoops.
0: He is uh He's awesome. He is awesome. And he is he's really embracing it and has, in the most wildest way possible, probably better than most of us who are doing this media thing right now. <laughs> All right, so it, it looks as if Baker told Bob that he's going to be in Dallas this weekend. Cool, man. i will got someone to hang out with now on Friday night. Let's go. That ain't happening. All right, quick break. When we come back, our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. Now, usually in our final thoughts, we're talking about some goofy story we found, but it's OU Texas week, and you all have been so good on the text line that I don't think the crew over at Primrose would mind one bit if we just rolled with some of your takes. Primrose Funeral Services, 405-321-6000. They bring you the final thought. Learn more at primrosefuneralservice.com. Pre-planning a memorial. It's It's hard. It's not easy, but it helps protect your loved ones. From hard financial and emotional decisions. Visit them right now at com. I like this thinking, Josh, from the 405 Where does OU go in the rankings if they beat Texas? <laughs> well, hopefully we can finally jump ahead of Alabama. It's uh, a good question. It's I honestly feel there is more at stake for Texas than there is for Oklahoma. In other words, if Oklahoma loses, hey, it's year two of Brenton Venables, and that's a 5 and one football team if they keep it tight. They're going to be a problem in the SEC. If Texas loses. Oh, this is their year, man. This is the Texas is back year. Are they ever going to be back? Um, Alabama plays A&M, USC. I think that they would move up into the top ten. I think there's two teams right now that are really underrated, and they're both – out of the Pac-12, Washington and Oregon, but yet in that same vein, I would put Oklahoma in that mix too. I think Oklahoma, Washington, and Oregon are just criminally underrated right now. And we'll see how it plays out. Let's win the game first, though, right? Go, go win what, the what game. What are you feverishly looking for right now? Uh, no oh, rankings, just, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm just. Seeing I thought they, you were going historically.
1: No, nah, I'm just looking who they jump. They jump Bama, Notre Dame, USC. I think <laughs> Oregon, Washington. I think they jump all of those teams. Maybe even Penn State, though. Uh, People are pretty high on Penn State right now, but they'd have a better win. They would. Than, uh, than Penn State, so. Sooner Gundy writes, Barnes and
0: Sawchuck are dealing with injuries, so Walker is the best running back. Running game looks better when he's in the game. I, I think we're just, I think we reached the point of, it's Wednesday, right? A wipe at Wednesday. And you're gone, well, I mean, you and Josh are swapping tomorrow, but I just, I don't know, dude. To me, I think we're all kind of fatigued by it. Let's see it. Let's see who steps up. Joe and Tulsa. I think Texas is a good team, but OU is better than most fans and analysts are giving them credit for. Texas has played Bama, but OU's faced two good defenses with Iowa State and Cincy as well. Our offense and defense is rated higher than Texas, so saying Texas has more talent like Herb Street says, it's just false, boomer. When you look at NFL talent, that's what, you know, they're, they're looking at it from the perspective of, all right, who are we going to be talking about on draft day? Texas, in all likelihood, has a first-round pick at quarterback. Oklahoma has a guy that's probably a second- or third-day pick. You know, Texas in Jonathan Barnes has an NFL back. Does Oklahoma have one right now? Now, we can fight over the receivers because Xavier Worthy is a first-round pick, but, man, Andrew L. Anthony looks like a guy, and so does Jaleel Farouk, that I think NFL teams are going to want. I'm not saying first-round guys. But and we could do this all day long. They might have us on tight end. Might, but it's just when people say more talent, that's kind of what they, what they mean. Tawi may be a walk on, writes the four o two, but he's playing ten times better than Stogner and at way less snaps. Interesting lick. comparison. <laughs> Interesting to compare a running back to a tight end, but I think I see what you're doing. I didn't realize how much of this from the text line was was all running back related. All right, how about this from Western Oki? This is a Sky Chicken. My expectations are dire. However, my pride and hope is high no matter the outcome. Coach V has completely revamped the culture inside and out. The future is high and bright. Unfortunately, my eyes say Texas will have to help us with turnovers for the Sooners to win. I just keep saying defense wins championships, but I fear we're still a year away from being at the level we all expect we will be under Vin- uh, Brent Venables. Constantly chanting bleep Texas. Uh, he adds, P.S. The Battle Series is here.
1: Is it? Is it? It is not. We'll find out coming up in seconds. Reportedly. Oh, is it already out? No, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, I do know, but
0: I don't know. We do know, but we don't know. I can't tell you anything if I know it or not. Allegedly. Y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next right here on the Home of Sooner fans.